Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios. This is 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Uh, Iowa State-Texas will kick off at 2.30 in the afternoon. That's on FS1. Meanwhile, Iowa uh, and their game against Minnesota, they are going to that six-day hold, Trent. And it'll either be an 11, a 2.30, or a 3. So we oh, one of those. Right. So three would be Fox. Eleven would be who knows? Maybe Fox. Maybe Fox. And two thirty would be uh, one of the ESPN. Maybe ABC. Uh, so they're all out there in the open. But we do know clear as mud. <laughs> well, Iowa State's clear as mud. They're going to. Uh, they're clearer than mud. They're going to kick off on Fox Sports One at two thirty. Bama Bob, uh, Trent and I are going to kick off the eleven o'clock hours. We go around college football. How are you, Bama? Doing great, Kenny. I wish somebody would pay me $20 million to quit, and I'd be out the door today. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, Willie Taggart cashing in. So when you figure how much they had to pay Oregon for his buyout, how much they're going to have to pay the assistants if they blow them out that are currently on his staff now, bring in another staff, the tap's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, north of $35 million, Bama, to... um, What was the quote, Trent? Because they... Well, it's just they had to. They had to do something. They didn't have a choice. They didn't yeah. have a choice. Unbelievable, Bama. <laughs> yeah, it is. To me, there's 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 a few layers to this story. I, I think first of all, nobody would really argue that this program that this is a terrible hire. Um, there's no momentum. There's no faith. There's no. There's nothing surrounding that program. And we've talked about it before, Ken. Um, worse than anger is apathy, and the. The Florida State-Miami game, we talked about it Friday, about how it's kind of a down week, and we went through a list of games. We didn't even mention Florida-Miami at Florida State. Yep. And that, to me, really says all you need to know about really where kind of both these programs are, but in particular Florida State. And if you looked at that game, there were tens of thousands of empty seats. Mm-hmm. I flipped over a little bit. I mean, Florida State-Miami playing in front of a two-thirds full stadium at best, and, you know, it is going to cost them a lot. I think it's $18 million, whatever it is. Um, you mentioned the new guys they're going to have to bring in. There's also now some rumors going around that there was a fundraising campaign specifically to raise enough money to buy out, to pay the buyout. And once they got to that point, that's when they pulled the trigger. Now, the AD and some of the trustees are denying that, but where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And that could complicate the search for the next coach because that's, that just reeks of the inmates, you know, running mm-hmm. the asylum. So this is this is a really bad situation. I mean, there's been bad hires at other schools. Derek Dooley comes to mind, and you know, there's there's other ones littered. But this 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 might be as bad as I can remember in the last ten, twelve years of a school that just absolutely got it wrong. It's costing them a fortune to get out of it, and now the way they're getting out of it is just you know is ugly at best and you know i don't know where taggart goes from here if, if it were me i'd be going to a beach somewhere and just enjoying my 18 million but i mean he'll he'll probably get an assistance job somewhere but 
it's it's ugly, but it was it had to be done. Bama, can we get Lane Kiffin back to a power conference? Lane Kiffin to Florida State. Let's I think get there's a, a chance. I think there's a chance. There's a chance. That, that's that's you know, the name that everybody's floating right now is Bob Stoops or Mark. Mark Stoops too, yeah. Or Mark, yeah. yeah Mark Stoops, I don't think would really. No, I'm with you. He's not good. A lot of people. Yep. Um, they want a, they want a home run. Okay, uh, Lane Kiffin would be the really intriguing hire, um, and he would really seem to fit Florida State maybe better even than Stoops would because he, you know Florida State. Listen, it's not a great academic institution. It's a party school. It's a football factory. It, that's what it was built on. That's what how Bowden run it, uh, ran it. That's how you know Jimbo ran it. Um, Kiffin would seem to. I mean, could you imagine him? I mean, just the barbs that he would throw between. <laughs> you, this is when you wish Steve Spurrier were still at Florida. If you get Lane Kiffin somehow, get Lane Kiffin to Florida State and Steve Spurrier at Florida, but it's not going to happen. But that name is is being banded around. I've seen Matt Campbell's name thrown around. I really hope that doesn't happen. I can't see it. No way. Program has has a chance to be a disaster mm-hmm. for a while. Kiffin would be great. Uh, he would certainly give it buzz. Uh, it would make that F- FSU Clemson game interesting in a couple years. Um, I don't see Stoops doing it. I, I, maybe he would if they throw enough money at him. I don't know. Um, you know, Mark Richt would be another name, although mm. he just had some health issues. Yeah, he sure uh, did. Obviously, and re- resigned. For, you know, his, Miami's his alma mater. Would he really go to coach Florida State? Although he coached there under Bowden, his quarterback's coach, and he went straight from there to Georgia. So that's a name that you could look at. Or do they want an up-and-coming guy like, you know, the guy at Memphis or, you know, Matt Campbell or P.J. Fleck? I've seen that name tossed mm-hmm. around. I hope those guys pull a Jeff Brom and stay where they're at. But um, it's an interesting job. You can win. Clemson's a juggernaut. but And you're going to go head-to-head with them in the division. So, uh, you know, it's got to be somebody that, that can get out and recruit. And Kiffin will be – I think it would be fascinating if he took the job. I don't know how good he'd be. It would be fascinating. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Bovada's got Matt Campbell as the betting favorite. I think there's no chance in the world that happens. No hope chance not. in the world. For his sake, I hope not. Yeah, for where does uh, – Not just for Iowa State, just for his. Uh, where does Urban Meyer lean right now, Bama? If, if Notre Dame and USC both come open, and USC is going to come open – Notre Dame, the rumor is that it's just over for Brian Kelly for whatever reason. It's just no longer, you know, that, that the marriage no longer uh, works. Um, where does Urban Meyer go? Where does he lean if it's down to those two? And he does want to coach again. That's a great question. That's the first thing. Does he really want to coach again? Uh, I think he does. He's Listen, he's only mid-50s, okay? I mean, you see guys, Nick Saban will turn 68, I think just turned 67, 68. You see Mac Brown, Les Miles, pushing 70. I don't know if Urban wants to coach that long, but he could coach another five, six years at a high-profile job. Notre Dame, he has said in the past, he's on record, has kind of always been his dream job. He, meant, he took Ohio State, but that's the one that really always, when he was at Florida, that was the one, you know, when it would come open and he'd say, yeah, that's, you know, always kind of been my dream, but he never took it for whatever reason. Um, I think USC is probably a better job than Notre Dame just because, you know, the schedule at Notre Dame can just get, brutal sometimes and um you know where what what is there's only four playoff teams ken so and brian kelly listen it wasn't a playoff i know but he, he's been to a national title game he got beat by alabama i think he made the playoff once uh in the what five six years i mean is making it two years out of four two years out of five is that going to satisfy a fan base because there's only four spots and you know alabama and clemson are Seem like they've kind of locked down two of them ever since this thing came about. Ohio State's always been in the running. Georgia's been in the running. Oklahoma. 
Uh, I, Notre Dame, that's a tough job, tough schedule. I I would lean USC. I mean, you got better weather. I mean, you are fighting for a you know a fan base out there. I guess if you will, there's so much going on. But we we saw it with Pete Carroll. I mean, if you get that program rolling, I mean that Coliseum fills up with ninety thousand plus, and it is exciting. So uh, I think he can recruit California. Um, there's so much talent in and around out there. I think he'd love to go head to head with. The coaches, I think he would immediately be the best coach in that conference if he was hired. And I like Chris Peterson, and I like Kyle Whittingham, uh, but I think he would immediately be the best coach in that conference if he takes that job. So I think he's probably leaning that way. But it would be nice to have you know your choice of USC or Notre Dame if you're a free agent coach. They will want to float this by you. So there's been a lot of conversation about the one-loss teams and who's in the best position, run the table, who's going to be in good shape. We're going to leave the loser of LSU-Alabama out of this, and we're going to leave one of the two Pac-12 schools out of this too, Oregon, because they have some national cachet. Who's in better shape to get into the playoff? There's one spot there for whatever reason. A 12-1 and Oklahoma team and a Big 12 that maybe their two best wins are against Baylor two times, or a 12-1 and Utah team with a win against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Oklahoma has the name brand, no doubt. Who's in better position? Who should be in in that scenario? Who should be? Man, that's that's a tight one. I would want to say Utah, but, I mean, Oklahoma's dangerous. I know they, they lost to Kansas State, but we talked about Taggart. Kansas State's a school that got it 1,000% yes. right uh-huh. with Lyman. I mean, they absolutely nailed that hire, mm-hmm. uh, much like Louisville with Satterfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is those are two two schools that got it right. Um, man, that's a tough one. You, I, I would want to lean Utah, but Oklahoma, I think is much. I, they're certainly more of a name brand. I think they're probably a little more dangerous. They're certainly more sexy with Jalen Hurts, um, you know, C.D. Lamb, those kind of guys. I think that would be. I think they would give the top the other three probably a better game than Utah. I mean, listen, I love Utah and what they've done. Love Zach Moss. Love, um, you know, Huntley. Mm -hmm. Listen, they went in again and won at Washington, who is just one of the most disappointing teams. They've blown – that's a team that I thought had the best coach in the conference and has blown two double-digit fourth-quarter leads at home their last two games against Oregon and Utah. Good teams. Right. But if you want to be in the elite, and you know you got your prime time spot in both games, or your your afternoon that you've been dying for, and you lost both of them. So hush, you know I don't want to hear any more of it. Um, I would say probably Oklahoma. I would think Utah might be a little more deserving. I would say Oklahoma probably would get in. I think over Utah. I think Bama has it right. Utah probably is more deserving, but the Sooners will get the nod. So Utah knocks off a top five Oregon. Would they be number more than five likely, at the time? Yeah. And yeah, their loss would be USC, there. and USC's much better than anybody. I don't know. Yeah, I think I Oklahoma. Either. That's a really the the name brand. I think it carries. Yeah. It's not supposed yeah, to. No, it's because there's more name brand there than, oh, than no Utah doubt. for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, and you know, listen, Oregon. You don't look now, but all of a sudden, Oregon, Oregon State. That's oh huge. yes, Oregon yes, State's four and four. I right. mean, 
that's not going to be a great win, but it's not going to be an awful win uh-huh. either. I mean, that's not going to be a one in ten team that, that that they beat in Corvallis or wherever they're playing this year. But Bama, do you um, remember and Trent did this too? This was a July talker when yeah. we were kids. Who's the worst Power Five team? And you know there was some Illinois Rutgers. Oh, it's Rutgers, but Illinois is not far behind. Guys, I'm going to top them all. Oregon State. I think yeah. that that came out of my mind. They can score. They can score. Yeah. Yes. They can. I mean, I, I I said Georgia Tech, and I don't know how far off I am on that one. They're not very good. No, now. they're, they're not. The transition yeah. from that triple option to a drop back, but uh, Illinois is is a little better. I, I was I kind of thought Kansas would would up and pop some people, and they mm-hmm. have. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Oregon State. All of a sudden, I don't know where the hell this came from, but it's fun. Uh, but again, I would love to see Utah get in. I really would because I think it would be good. I just don't know that they're going to hold enough and you can say what you want television plays a role in the back of people's minds are you're looking at resumes and you're utah on one and oklahoma on the other and you're just going to probably human nature lean toward oklahoma plus utah knows how to beat alabama a decade ago in the sugar bowl i remember that that. the rematch and they have Urban Meyer as the coach, I think, at the time. Or did, no, they, no, it was Whittingham at the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's ba- right. Bama, right. you know whose uh, arrow is pointing up? Uh, how about the job you I mean, think back to weeks one and two. Cincinnati picks, so they go to Cincinnati. Was it a Friday night? I think it might have been. And UCLA gets embarrassed by mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Then the following week, uh, San Diego State crushes them. Oklahoma right. pasted them uh, in the Rose Bowl. Chip it's Kelly, all of a sudden... It's in front of nobody, right? Don't look now, Bama. Uh, Colorado, I mean, not Colorado. UCLA is on the verge of bowl eligibility. And look, if they're next two weeks, are probably not going to get there at Utah and then at Crosstown USC. But they play Cal to wrap things up. I don't know what Chip Kelly's done differently, but the uh, UCLA, the Bruins arrow is pointing in the right direction. It, it, it is, and. We, listen, we talked about it after, I don't know which game it was, San Diego State, Oklahoma. It seemed like he was making excuses for how young of a team mm-hmm. he had. And, yep. you know, and I'm like, listen, nobody wants to hear that when you're making that kind of money. They just don't. That's an excuse. Um, you know, coach him up, get him better. And it looks like he's done that. Now, again, you know, you're right. Is, is six and six going to be enough to point the arrow up at UCLA? Maybe. But well, they were like, trending two and six, ten. They were, and you go six and six this year, Kenny. What are they going to want next year? They want nine, nine and three. Okay, so be careful. I mean, listen, you got you you try to do the best you can this year, and you go out and you recruit, and you you hope your players get better. But you're right; he's done a he's done a good job. Um, You know, another team that I just am two teams that I'm looking at that are going to have really good bowl games this year are Wake Forest and Indiana. I mean, both of those teams talk about. Teams have just kind of come from nowhere and are going to have really nice bowl games. And the flip side of that, you got Nebraska. I don't oh. know what's going on there. I mean, it's just Wolf. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Michigan still kind of mud- middling. Notre Dame, you talked about Texas, all these big schools. And all of a sudden, you got Wake Forest. <laughs> Technically, they still have Clemson on the schedule, guys. Mm. They, they beat them. All of a sudden, look out. Uh, you, know, you know what, Bama? Wake, got, Wake Forest has a quarterback. That kid, Jamie Newman. Jamie, yeah, they do. He, six absolutely. four, big kid. He's a he's a hell of a player. He is, and they're fun. Um, yeah. You know, so hey, 
How about a Wake Forest? Anybody in for a Wake Forest Virginia ACC championship game? <laughs> wow! Probably not the ACC. No, they <laughs> probably are not, not ESPN either. But that's what they're going to get yeah, stuck with. It. Ooh, yeah. that's a stinker, uh, boy. What was your biggest? I don't know what what game stuck with you most from the weekend. Memphis SMU, Vatek, they had um, Notre Dame, Bama, oh, they, man, had. they had. Them. What's rushing three at the final drive? We're only we're not going to put any pressure on the quarterback. We're just going to let Book pick us apart, and he did. Down the field they come. Oh, that disappointed. I was I you know all of a sudden I'm uh, <laughs> cheering for Vatek in the living room, but it didn't happen. What was your biggest takeaway? You know I I, I really like. My biggest takeaway was was probably in a, in, a, in a down week was probably Nebraska losing at Purdue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you do that. This this is a team I had picked to to really make noise in the in the Big Ten West. And talking about a, you know Chip Kelly talking about an uptick. I mean, Nebraska they're going to miss bowl again. And looks like it. I know they're patient out. I, they're patient out there, but I mean Scott Frost again. You got to get it right. And nobody would argue with it. he was the obvious hire. Uh, it was an obvious move for him going back to his alma mater, but man, you're starting to wonder now. Okay, can he really coach in the big time? And he's going to get another year or two. But that one to me, just I told you before, for whatever reason, produced my guilty pleasure team. It <laughs> makes no sense, but I watched a decent amount of that game. Yep, and me too. I don't All know where it. Nebraska's going. I, I really don't. I, I'm with you. In back to back week, boys, Nebraska's been beaten by Indiana and Purdue. Back to back weeks. Think about I mean, that. Nebraska. This is right. Nebraska. Right. I mean, goodness gracious. Mm. Nebraska football's dead. As we knew it in the nineties, that is never oh, coming no, back. Never coming back. That's never no, coming no, back. No. And Adrian Martinez or right. something. It's like wrong. Miami. It's just like Miami. Mm-hmm. They're never getting back to where they were. But the U can come back, can't they? Can't the U get well, there? Somebody's got to. The state of Florida, right. one team's right. got to. Because Nebraska, there, there's not no twenty no 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 four star no. players within no. an hour of campus. There is at the U. There is, but you know, you got to understand too the way that program was run back then. And I mean, with Jimmy Johnson and and those guys, I mean, they were cutting a lot of corners, and you know, they had all that attitude, and you know, yeah. things now that they got away with are fifteen yard penalties, and they'll get you ejected, run sportsmanlike. So you can you can't play the way that they played back then. And uh, we, we are we all know that there. Were, I can't remember what the guy's name was. The guy that had the yacht that was you know just funding that program. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He's the young Joe, Shapiro, right? right? Dan Shapiro, not yeah, Dan Shapiro. Shapiro. Yeah, exactly. Shapiro. I mean that's not going to happen. And as long as you know, Florida is always going to be good, I think Florida or Florida State one's always going to be good. So I'm not saying they can't get back to winning the ACC and and getting into the playoff picture because they were there just a couple of years ago. You got to remember until they lost a pit. They were going to the yes, playoff. Yes. Was it two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm not saying they can't get back. They're not going to win five national championships or four, or whatever it was, in nine years. They're never getting back to that. No, no doubt about Nevin it. Nevin Shapiro. Nevin Shapiro. Well done, Trent Nevin Gunn. Shapiro. That's right. Yeah. Bama, we've got some games to talk about when we reconvene <laughs> on Friday, oh, my friend. Oh, we, baby. Oh, what oh, a my. And congratulations to Iowa State, Oklahoma in prime time. Yeah, 7 o'clock I mean, how kick. How fun is that? No question. Yeah, Fox. And that's after the. I'm, I'm glad for them because it's after Alabama LSU. So you get that game over, and now you just, you know, that, that's the marquee primetime game, baby. It is. And what the, I was on, they precede that game, right? Three o'clock, right? yeah. So uh, already a lot of conversations. What are we going to do for that? Going to have to get the TV set up a couple of different ones oh, for watch both Iowa, Wisconsin, and LSU, Alabama. What's ABC got, though? ABC's got Clemson, NC State. Bleh. Really? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Notre well, Dame, Duke? Prime- Oof. <laughs> 
That's their prior uh, ABC. I think the primetime game is Clemson NC. It is, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, you know, if Iowa State can give them a game, there's what you. It's exactly it's set up perfect for them. I don't know what the ESPN SEC game uh, doesn't matter. ESPN's got Missouri Georgia. Missouri the, Georgia. By the way, Missouri controls their own destiny, guys. You realize that they beat Georgia. Well, they got to beat Georgia, they yeah. Florida. They got to beat Georgia first, and that would. Give them two losses, mm-hmm. and then they go beat Florida the next week. Mm-hmm. Gives Florida three. They got the tiebreaker over Georgia. Missouri not out of it. Crazy. It is. Bama, we got a lot to talk about, and we'll do it at about 11.20 on Friday. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Bama Bob. You too, guys. Can't wait. Talk to you Friday. Take care. Bama Bob joins the program. Ah, darn it. We forgot to do our top four. Oh, well, we can... Uh... Uh, it's pretty easy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just different. different Ohio opinions. State, LSU, yeah. Alabama. The two SEC West teams, Ohio State and Clemson. Would you take Penn State or Clemson? I Neutral take, field on Saturday. Who's, oh. Who wins? Clemson. I, I'm still there. But he, and maybe pause at least for a moment. Mm-hmm. But well, it's still Clemson. Penn, Penn State, they've, look, they get Minnesota this week. They've got Ohio State as, uh, next to last weekend of the regular season. Wow, we got some stuff to do. It's going to be a fun final. A fun final four weeks of the regular season. All right, let's do this, Trent. Time to put another $1,000 in somebody's bankroll. Text the keyword CAR. CAR to 200-200 right now. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic joins us next. We'll take our first look at Wisconsin-Iowa when Miller and Condon continue. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. On 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until noon, Murph and Andy today at 2. Fanatics at 4. Iowa State coaches uh, tonight at uh, 6.30 on KXNO. Scott Dockerman's on KXNO right now. You can read Doc at The Athletic. He joins Trent and myself. Hello, Scott Dockerman. How are you? You know, I'm wonderful. How about you guys today? Doing okay. What game over the weekend did you spend most of your time watching, or did you find something else to do on Saturday? <laughs> I watched, uh, I, I kind of watched Big Ten mostly this time of year, so it was the, the pickings were slim, but I did watch a lot of uh, Nebraska-Purdue and uh, Illinois and Rutgers, considering uh, Illinois on Iowa's schedule coming up, and and watching Rutgers sometimes is just like a train wreck. So it's uh, uh, anyway. It, it yeah, I, I did watch both games, and uh, I was impressed with Illinois, and uh, not as impressed with Nebraska. Yeah, well, Scott, Trent and I were talking earlier about this, Scott. What what has happened to Adrian Martinez, in your opinion? Is have the injuries taken its toll? He's, I mean, seeing ghosts. I mean, that, that seems to be the here and now with the Darnold thing still fresh in everybody's mind. But he just doesn't look like the same guy, Doc. Yeah, he does it. I mean, he's definitely not as dynamic, and I think he's not a necessarily a great passer. He's he's decent as a thrower, but I think uh, missed a lot of open guys. He really did. Yeah, exactly. And and he's just not. I mean, he's a tremendous runner. He's a great athlete. A lot of people wanted him more for. His uh, his running ability as opposed to his passing ability. So I, I think he right now he's, uh, you know, I, I think right now he's he's really 
uh, you know, kind of a guy that's trying to figure things out. I don't think the offense is running really well. And uh, I think that's a, a wounded team confidence-wise that really is stuck in limbo. And so I kind of think this is a, an issue that needs to, you know, Nebraska just kind of needs to accept the humility and try to figure out how do you compete within the league and then try to get better because right now the method is not working for Nebraska. Let's get into the Hawkeyes on your beat. A bye week here, a chance to self-scout, go inside. Certainly many of the things that you have talked about, Doc, throughout uh, the summer months and into this season. And the biggest one, those third ones, <laughs> run your offense. Uh, that's something I, I'm sure that's going to come up. What else do you believe they go through, though, during these bye weeks? We hear about self-scouting and, of course, what they do to get ready for Wisconsin. What do you anticipate has been done by the Hawkeyes during the off week? You know, it's interesting. I think what they probably do is, first of all, that they try to keep people off their feet, the main players, you know, the the starters, the the key reserves, and and really kind of push the younger players that might need to get pushed into, you know, returning to Iowa role. Now, uh, you know, this is the second one of the year, so it's kind of, we've already kind of been there, done that on this topic, but... I, you know, I think what they need, what they probably did, you know, I think Wednesday was the day where they all kind of came back to the office, was really start digging in on the Badgers. Uh, this is a series that they need to win. This is a mountain that they need to climb, and they can't do it no matter what. Uh, last year, I felt like, was the first time really in the last seven or eight years where Iowa might have been the better team, and yet turnovers and field position really doomed them. Uh, you know, and, and in the past, even when they won, I thought in 15. Obviously, they got really lucky. So I, I think really a lot of their focus is on the Badgers, you know, improving. Um, but I'm sure that there's some you know wrinkles that they're looking at as well. Um, next two weeks, Doc, is, is it is it unfair to say that in, in Cone and Tanner Morgan, like they both they both look after the football? I think that might be the strong suit of both of those guys. What do you see in Jack Cone? Because I think you're going to see the same quarterback in back to back weeks. Um, what do you see when you look at Jack Cohn? Uh, you know, I think he's a guy that's, uh, you know, fairly, uh, you know, gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. You know, he has a lot of good, uh, receivers around him. Uh, they have a good tight end. They have, you know, three pretty good wide receivers. So I think right now that there's enough around him that he can make all the engines go. I think he's a better quarterback than Hornibrook. Hornibrook had a career day mm-hmm. in Iowa last yep. year. And I think he's more accurate, um, although, you know, it's, it's Completion percentage isn't quite as high there. I mean, he's, uh, you know, it. it, it so I, I think there's some questions with him, but by and large, what Iowa has to do is they have to stop the run. I mean, you know, every year in the last five, when these two teams have played, the team that has rushed for the most yards is one. Last year, Wisconsin ran for 210. If Iowa could slow down and stop Jonathan Taylor in critical situations when it's third and one, if they could get a stop and force a punt, um, then they're going to be an okay situation. But, you know, and force Jack Cohen to beat you. They tried to do that last year with, with Hornerbrook, and he did. So, But that said, the only way you beat Wisconsin is to stop the running game. This one, going back home, well, Christian Welch will be going home, some of the other Wisconsinites, but it's about the quarterback, Nate Stanley. Yep. He has played poorly in the games against the Badgers at times two years ago was about as dreadful of a performance offensively and for him as you're going to five this one if he can walk away a winner and have a solid game is this the benchmark and maybe become endeared a little bit more from Hawkeye fans 
I would hope so. I think he's had my my opinion, and this is only mine, is I think he's had a really nice year. Uh, but the results have not panned out, and you know, offensively they have not scored enough points to make it uh, look like he's having a good year. Now that said, you go to Wisconsin and win um, a game that will keep you in the Big Ten West race, that's going to elevate his profile among Iowa fans. Because right now he's kind of in that second tier, no matter what his statistics say. So if he... Uh, if Iowa happens to lose this week and they finish nine and three or eight and four and go to a nice bowl game, he's probably relegated in Iowa annals is kind of in that Chuck Hartley, Matt Sherman territory where, you know, a pretty good career, uh, you know, great statistics, but just never really delivered on, you know, ultimate glory, if you will, you know, the way that others have, whether that's a division title or a conference title. So I think he really needs to kind of be in that conversation or win that type of game to do that. And and going home, it's got special meaning, no doubt about it. Paul Chris recruited him when Paul Chris was at at Pitt, and he wanted to stay closer to home. And had uh, and then Paul tried to recruit him again when he was committed to Iowa. So I think this has got special meaning, and obviously it's his last time going and playing in the home state. You know, this Wisconsin uh, program, it, it's almost, for the most part, Doc, rinse and repeat year after year. I mean, you know they're going to be able to run the football and they're going to have a, normally have a really good running back because it seems like they always do. They've got guys up front on the offensive line. They've got a trio of linebackers, all of which can make a play at any given time. Usually their secondary's got some dudes in it. And that's the case again. And a quarterback who's serviceable. And that's the case again this year, is it not? It is. I think uh, early on we saw a quarterback that was actually making some plays, and I think that was really, you know, something you know unique about this team because they've had, you know, really kind of journeyman quarterbacks over the. With the exception of Russell Wilson, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He was a one-year rental, right? right. We never got a chance to see him play, and for Iowa fans, it's probably for the best they did. But but you know, guys like Scott Tolzien and Joel Stave yep. and Hornerbrook and. Cohen's, I think, a little bit better than most of those guys, although, you know, Stavi is the winningest quarterback in Wisconsin history, so he's done some things right. But, but when you look at this team, I mean, you know, they're ranked 103rd pass offense, uh, but they're also, you know, ranked 25th rush offense. And that's where they want to be. And uh, playing Ohio State the last game, you know, kind of skews those statistics. But, you know, they're a great line of scrimmage team. they got a great running back and a terrific defense. And I think the, the problem area for Iowa is, uh, what we saw against Michigan was that a lot of the linebackers were coming from different ang- angles, different locations. Um, Wisconsin is more gap sound, but they do a lot. Of, they do they're not the same thing, but they do. But they come from di- different directions in blitz type. Uh, in blitz type, it, it could be deceiving. So I think Iowa's going to have to be cognizant of the offensive line. You don't want to get blocked three guys on one and then have a free guy coming from the edge or from. Uh, blitz. So I think that's going to be uh, part of the real battle for the Hawkeyes is making sure everybody gets at least blocked or hit during a, a passing situation. All right, I'll be the one that bites the bullet. I know you had a chance last week to talk with Kelton Copeland, the wide receiver coach. Where's Oliver Martin? <laughs> oh, where's Oliver Martin? Well, he's uh, right now he's fifth on the depth chart. I mean, yeah. you know, he didn't really illuminate too much and didn't really say too much about why Oliver is not playing? You know, he kind of said that it's really unfair to the pressure we put on him. I I disagree with that. I think uh, players who you know transfer in, you know, especially in his case in June, and you know now we're two thirds through the season. I, I think they can make an impact, and he hasn't. But that said, um, are you disappointed in the other guy? 
No. Oh, I mean, Tyrell uh-uh. Tracy's having a great year. Nope. Uh, Tito Regani's having a great year. You know, Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Marset are two of the best receivers Iowa's had since Marvin McDonald. So I, I don't. I know that everybody's caught up in, in Oliver Martin and whether or not he plays because, uh, and it's understandable. But at the same time, this is the best receiving core Iowa's had in mm-hmm. probably close to ten years. Long time. So yep. Almost. Yeah. It's almost like. Yeah, I, I, I think you should be excited about him. But, hey, if the other guys are performing, then what does it really matter to me unless I'm related to Oliver? So <laughs> I, I think right now it's just kind of a, a moot point as they go forward. couple more minutes with Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, I want to get to basketball in just a second. Let me ask both of you guys this question. What's the more likely, and I think they'll win them both, but for this you have to answer one of them. I was more likely to trip up at home against Illinois or on the road at Nebraska. I mean, the question was easy in mm-hmm. June, May, June, July, right? The consensus, well, mm-hmm. they're going to kill Illinois. Um, what's what's the more what's the tougher game of those two, Doc? Well, I, you know, that's a great question. I'm trying to figure it out in my head here. Uh, I, you know, I think Illinois presents some challenges, but Iowa is prepared for those challenges. Illinois has a pretty good defense. They're probably going to keep Iowa down, and I would have never said that in the summer or last year, of course, but. Uh, they do run the ball really well, but Iowa stops the ball really well, runs really well. So I would probably still go towards Nebraska. Nebraska doesn't is, is been ineffective this year, as we've said. But I also think they can break away some big plays. And Iowa, we've seen it, you know, a few times against Purdue and Northwestern, can stop itself a little bit on offense and. You get in a situation where it is a rivalry game, no matter how anybody does want to agree with that. Uh, you know, and if it's in the third quarter and it's a one-score game, and Nebraska has the chance to go to a bowl game with a win, and if Iowa has the chance to win the crown, I mean, then, then a lot of the emotion starts to skew it. So I'll still go. I'll lean towards Nebraska. Trent, I think it's still Nebraska home versus road split certainly is going to be a piece of that too. Nebraska very well could be fighting for bowl eligibility going to that game. Maryland, right? Yes. Who's the who's the other game that they can't win? Badgers. Badgers. Well, there's, there's yeah. No. So could be sitting there at five and six, uh-huh. need to win there. So it's still Nebraska, but a summer question that would have been laughed oh, at. Sure. Now here we are. Hey, Doc, what's the health of the team? The, the shooter, is he going to be back? And, and how about some of the other walking wounded? I mean, you'll know more tomorrow, obviously, when you get Coach Ferentz and some of the players. But who who should we watch as far as injury news that may come tomorrow? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, shooter is the one. Kyle Schott is, is the one that you, we're kind of looking at right now because that has been kind of a deficient area. And when you're playing the Badgers, you need to have somebody there. But I don't know that he's going to be the – um, ultimate player up front. Uh, you know, he kind of came from nowhere to play well, but he played well in games before they got into the meat of their schedule. So, you know, so did everybody else. So I don't know if that's going to be a, a situation. Christian Welch is one I'm watching. I think he'll be back. Uh, that he, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be, you know, going against his home state team. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Brandon Smith, of course, is something worth watching, but I'm not sure that he'll be ready. Uh, quite yet um you know they really could use him but he's not really ready and then uh you know i i don't know if there's anybody else that really stands out at this point but i would definitely say christian welch is probably the one that's closest to returning great stuff scott dockerman thank you very much we'll recap wisconsin and look ahead to minnesota with uh, you a week from today thank you doc Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. You want to win tickets to see that Minnesota game? Your opportunity, just go to kxno.com. Click the contest tab there where you you will see uh, the win tickets. 
promotion is brought to us by our friends, Dr. Stephen Fuller. All you have to do is just put your name, how many points, uh, total points will be scored closest without going over Wisconsin and Iowa. If you're the closest, you'll get two tickets to see Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota invade Kinnick Stadium uh, a week from Saturday. KXNO.com. Click the contest tab. The tiebreaker is total passing yards for Iowa closest without going over. Your chance to win a couple of ducats to see the Gophers. We'll take a timeout. Mr. Monday Night. He's hot. He's won one in a row. Couple in a row. Have you know? Yes. He's on a two game. By the way, Mark Charter. Oh, and three. Woof. On the base, on the heels of a one and two the week before. Well, I mean, those in glass houses over there. No, I, my pick stink too, but I'm just putting them up against Murph and Andy's prognosticator. Biff Hammer's six and oh in the last two weeks. Yeah. Our guy's better. He can get you a house too. He can. What Biff can get you? Nothing. He can. He's built up some bank accounts over the last couple of weeks. Mark Charter due this Friday when he joins us with his picks. Uh, we'll come back. Mr. Monday Night's got his uh, to give out before we get out of here at noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This time next week. Yes. Seattle at San Francisco. That's a tasty meatball. Five star. Will George Kittle, will he or won't he? That's stiff arm. finish the game. That stiff arm was unbelievable. They were just showing the top 10 on Sports Center. Did it make it? Yes. Number three of the week. Your guy, number one. Sutton. Oh, the catch, the touchdown. Portland Sutton. Boy, that was unbelievable. Noah Fant had to make it. He was uh, number seven, was I think he? it was. Now that's some quite the week of the NFL. Really enjoyed the NFL. Oh, I did this too. Week. I did too. After the college was, eh. and last night was uh, was really good, and hopefully mm-hmm. tonight, uh, Dallas and the Giants. Speaking of which, Mister Monday Night, it's even better than we thought. We checked. He's got. He's on a three game winning streak. Mister Monday Night, the Cowboys are favored seven. Touchdown is the number. I told you the trend that has been happening this week that home teams, mm, yeah are 12-0 and against the number this week. You have to go back over 15 years the last time something like this has happened. A sweep? Will it happen? Will we find out tonight? Well, we're waiting on it. What is, is it going to happen, Mr. It Monday will. Night? It will. Take the G-Men plus the touchdown here. Just something funky. Saquon's back. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. I like that component to it, too. Giants just got to get some stops. Force a turnover going to be in good shape and we're going to see a compelling Monday night football game. Well, the NFL was fun yesterday and you're right. I thought it carried the weekend after the college weekend. SMU Memphis was, if you like points, entertaining that football yeah. game. Really was. And the decision to go for two after they scored. I'm good. I'm it was good. 14. They scored yep. touchdown to cut it to eight. They go for two to cut it to six. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the math. Somebody was trying to explain it to me. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, okay, when you put it that way. Uh, but it was a fun football game. It was. A ton of points scored. Maybe that had something to do with it. No defense was really <laughs> uh, Defense the optional other. in the American. It certainly was. Now, this week, the prime time are Clemson and uh, North Carolina State. The number's 31. That's prime time. Can't you find something from the you American? I think something. That's a stinker. Murph and Andy at 2. Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush will start it all again tomorrow at 6. Thanks for being with us. 1460. 
KX.